0: All right, hello, welcome back to another edition of Never Hedge. I'm your host Chris. Here with my co-host Shane, our editor Brian. This is episode four. Today we have our first guest joining us, our buddy Beat in the Book. He comes on to talk about three football plays he likes this weekend. We also discuss some of the weirder things we bet on during quarantine, whether that be Russian ping pong or Taiwanese baseball. Shane and I will wrap it up and give you our picks for the weekend and break down those matchups for you. But first, we're going to start off with the most ridiculous bet we saw all day. It's draft night. But without further ado, let's get things
1: going.
0: Okay, so Shane, we saw on Twitter tonight... Uh, this guy put nine hundred, or he had he put nine hundred and fifty dollars on Patrick Williams to be the fourth pick in the draft at thirty to one odd. On. I but I asked you, you said you know this guy, right?
1: Or yeah, yeah, of- I follow him. I follow him for horses. Yeah, we've interacted before. And someone at I saw people in the replies like, "Oh, you had inside information," and absolutely not. Uh, I love this guy, but he's just a degenerate. And saw something that he liked, so no inside information. Get off his back. And he finally hit a big one. It's about time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would probably, I'd love to see the rest of the bet slip, whatever he was on tonight, because he probably went like one for 50. But hey, if you make 30K on a bet, more power to you. So before we uh, get to our interview later on, uh, Beat in the Book, he gives us his favorite two college football players for the weekend and then one NFL play. Uh, but first, Shane and I, we've got our picks. I'll start it off with, well, no, let's start with Thursday Night Football, since that's, you know, of the timely manner. Shane, do you have a play in this game?
1: Uh, No, I do not. I will just be... It's going to be one of the best games of the year, probably. I would imagine if it's anything like the first Seahawks and Arizona game. I think it's been bet into place. The over is, what, fifty-seven and a half. I can't, in, faith, in good faith, take an over or an under there. It's basically criminal to try to get an under home these days. So I don't want to do that with these two offenses and the Seahawks defense. So I will be watching as a fan. I hope Kyler Murray has the game of his life and takes another step forward in the MVP race. But uh, first touchdowns is probably going to do it for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm in the same same kind of boat. The line is three points, which feels accurate. And I could just see either. I mean, it's two great quarterbacks that are mobile. Like I could see this the score changing hand or the lead changing hands two or three, four times. So I'm probably going to stay away. I'd love to bet the over but 57 and a half. This is just brutal. If you wanna get some action, maybe if you get a low scoring first uh, first quarter, try and grab something live. I don't know. I just you know fifty seven and a half points. you need at least eight touchdowns there just to you know be in the neighborhood. So I'm passing on that, but like you said, first TDs, I've got two of them. I'll let you go first because you've been on fire recently. Uh, yeah. just give us our winners.
1: So there hasn't really been too much come up yet. I have one out with that only has them up yet. And they kind of jip you on odds by a couple dollars. So I saw Chris Kirk, 12 to one, Christian Kirk, 12 to one. He has just as many targets in the red zone as DeAndre Hopkins, but three more touchdowns. And they actually use him on an end around quite a lot. Uh, that's how we actually scored the first hit the first touchdown in the last Seahawks game with him yeah so i'll be i'll post some on the instagram tomorrow because i don't feel comfortable these odds are still kind of distasteful to say the least
0: yeah i'm on i'm gonna be on kirk as well and then the locket line we have is not great but uh tyler lockett this year he's got five touchdowns on 11 targets which leads to seahawks in that um in that part of the field you know obviously dk metcalf is good in the red zone as well but he's also kind of more of that big play guy tyler lockett is, you know, the high point master of Russell is just somehow finds him on ridiculous throws. So I like Lockett. I think the true number is probably closer to eight to one. So Lockett lock for uh, Seattle and then give me Christian Kirk for Arizona. And then, you know, I'll probably be on a few like random ass tight ends and whatnot. But those are my main two. So, no play on the game officially. We've got a couple first or a couple TD ones that we like. Remember to check out the Instagram story. That's where we post all those. And again, if you want to call in, leave a voicemail. That number is 702 970 8059. Call in. Tell us about your worst beats of the week. Maybe the craziest bets you hit. Did you hit anything on the NBA draft? We want to hear it. Uh, let's get to our college football slate. I'll let you go first because actually. This is uh maybe well I won't give away the spoiler alert but I'll let okay you
1: know. so I actually have another Friday night degenerate fun day it's not it's not an under this time so you can unplug your nose but it also might be kind of cringy I'm going with New Mexico plus seven and a half against Air Force now it's in Colorado Springs and New Mexico's run defense has been absolutely stones this year third and overall run defense only giving up third three yards per rush. Holding opponents to just 90 a game. And their one flaw is that they're absolutely awful defending the pass. But what do we know about academy teams? Ironically, Air Force, they're not good in the air. They've only thrown the ball 17 out of, they've only completed 17 out of 33 passes all year for only 200 yards. So look for this well above average run defense to keep it close in Colorado Springs.
0: Okay. Kind of remaining out in uh, the West coast. Well, I guess that's mountain time. So I'm going to the Pacific uh, time zone. I've got air Oregon at home minus 13 and a half. They're hosting UCLA. Uh, The Ducks have won their two pack, 12 games by an averaging average of 17.5 points, but it's their defense. That's really impressed me. They were one of the best defenses in the country last year. They've picked up where they've left off, allowing only 21 points a game Uh, UCLA. On the other hand, they're pretty inconsistent. They've got a really talented quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is his third year um getting playing time but he's prone to turnovers. He can he's flashy with his feet but he doesn't really he just doesn't make the best decisions. I expect the Oregon defense to force a few turnovers. Uh, I'm going to say at least two from Robinson himself. So I think they get home 13 and a half. It's not too bad. Uh, as long as you if you get the number at 14, I'd probably just buy the half point to be safe, but give me the Ducks minus 13 and a half at Autzen Stadium. And your second. Yeah,
1: I have a, another well, I like the the BTB. He already gave it out. The Ohio State over. Their pass defense is just really susceptible right now. Their pass defense is really awful right now. They, you know, they lost two of their starting quarterback cornerbacks in the draft and another safety later in the draft, and they are just giving up a ton of explosive plays. But he talks about that later on. So, I do like the Ohio State over. It, but I'm also going to break your rule again by betting on a B1-G team. I know we don't like that. We never know what we're going to get.
0: I can't I can't trust the Big Ten I'm out on them.
1: But I'm going to go ahead and step in front of the Badger train right now. I'm going with Northwestern plus 7.5. They are fifth in the country in defensive efficiency, only behind some really elite teams, Georgia and Clemson, Wisconsin, who we're betting against, and Cincinnati. But it's a little funky for Wisconsin because they've only played two games. And so far, they've only gone up against an awful Illinois team who looks like they're modeling their offense after the Bears. And Michigan, who just lied down and put up no fight. Wisconsin's numbers look good. But again, they really haven't played anybody yet. And they kind of just controlled the trenches against Michigan. Just one more thing. Their second in stuff rate, which is uh, the carry percentage of carries stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. So when you look at what Wisconsin did to Michigan, they just ran it up their throats. And I think Northwestern will be able to stop that. So I'm going to take the point, 7.5, and, and hope for this 13-10 to 10 classic Big Ten game.
0: The last time I took a nerd school at home... Hosting a traditional power, an undefeated nerd school. I think five and zero Vanderbilt got smashed by Alabama like sixty-six to three. So not only do we not bet the Big Ten, we don't bet undefeated nerd schools because sooner or later the true colors come out and they're purple. So let's uh let's move on to the NFL. I've got another under and I might I just hate that I'm doing this. My unders are cursed.
1: But put in the boo noise, Brian.
0: This I know, this line is just it, it's out of whack for me. I've got the Eagles at the Browns under 47. Now there's going to be light rain in Cleveland. You never really know what that Ohio weather could be like. The Browns have scored 10 points or less in three of their last four games. Baker Mayfield is just like, he's not even capable of like throwing the 200 yards in the air. Meanwhile, the Eagles are only averaging 15.6 points per game in their last three contests. I just really have a hard time seeing this one get past that number. Now, It'll probably be like 14-14 at the end of the first quarter. And I'll look like the idiot, but I, everything in my d- dumb brain tells me lock in the Eagles-Browns under 47. I'm doing it. I hate it. I hate that I'm taking it under, but here we are.
1: No, I actually love that. We're actually – I was looking at that earlier. It's supposed to be rain and gusts of over 24 miles an hour. So give us that. And we saw
0: how Baker did in the wind last week, you know?
1: And the week before that, against the mm-hmm. the Raiders, they just there have been some brutal dead set over games, under games in the Cleveland so this year. So yeah, I like that.
0: Uh, okay, what do you have, Shane? All
1: right, so I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs minus seven. Now we all know about Andy Reid's against the spread numbers off a buy, la da da. That's all cool, and it's it's not doesn't make it an auto bet, but it definitely doesn't hurt. But the Raiders. Defense still ranks at the bottom of the league and past defense, even after those freebies from Drew Locke. I think they're like 28th in past DVOA. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he can consistently kind of outperform these market expectations because there's really never been a player like him. I mean, he's just so good. And if you want to take a trip down Narrative Street – the Raiders basically took victory laps in Earlhead Stadium last week or when they beat the Chiefs last time. So if you want to throw a revenge game in there, you can definitely throw that in there.
0: I, I was going to say, it, I mean, it's still the Chiefs only lost. So I think even even without the taunting thing there, or, I guess, you know, the Chiefs are kind of framing it as, like, disrespectful, there's still that motivation to just beat the team that beats you, especially when, you know, you only have one loss. So I really think seven – I mean, it's not often you can even get the Chiefs at seven. Like, I love this line. I'm I'm all with you on the Chiefs here.
1: Yeah, like we said, I mean, it's a division game, so you, you probably shouldn't be more or less motivated. But maybe when it comes to running up the score or not, you know, you never know.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, when it's a division game, Shane, you just got to throw the records out the window. <laughs> okay, uh, my next pick, and this one scares me. It's not an under, but I am trusting Anthony Lynn to cover eight and a half points at home Uh, Against the New York Jets. Ah, I looked at this line and it just seems really trappy because the Jets have looked a bit more competent recently. They're getting healthier. The offense, you know, finally has all of their weapons uh, at wide receiver. But, you know, they're flying cross country. Granted, they've had a long week to get ready for this game, but I don't know. The Chargers just feel so due. They've, um, you know, lost some really tough ones recently and I feel like they're getting over the hump this week. So I am worried about. The dumb turnovers and just their overall kind of poor red zone play. But despite all that, I still think the Jets are probably good for a really dumb like handed over to um, Los Angeles touchdown. So I think we get to that eight and a half number locking in Chargers minus eight and a half.
1: Did you factor Herbert cutting all his hair off into your handicap?
0: I think he might be able to see things more clearly and not throw like multiple interceptions.
1: That's a good take.
0: He does kind of look like a school shooter, though.
1: Speaking of interceptions, I'm going to do it. I'm going back to my goat. Lord forgive me, it's time to go back to the old me. I'm going to bet <laughs> on Jameis Winston this week.
0: How can you not? Are you
1: going to How eat can you w? not? I'm go- We're going to eat W's. We're going to eat covers. Now, the look-ahead line last week was Saints minus seven, and it's only moved two points down to minus five, but crossing through seven is a big deal. And, you know, they have been playing well, even with Breeze not throwing it deep. I think this is literally a record-setting year in terms of fewest yards per attempt. He's just dinking and dunking it like like we've never seen, seen before since 2006. It's the record. On the other side of the coin, Denver's defense is – Or, excuse me, Atlanta's defense. They're 28th in pass defense DVOA. And, you know, Jameis is a guy who last year was only the eighth quarterback in history to ever throw for over 5,000 yards. He's fresh off of a passing title. And the Falcons were on the bye week last week preparing for Drew Brees. And now all of a sudden you get this guy who's just going to throw it all over the field on you. I like to think that we can withstand even a pick six, which will probably happen on the first play. But I look for Jameis to take advantage of this horrendous Atlanta secondary and cover the five
0: yeah um I think I probably like the over in this one too at 51 but Atlanta I just I don't trust them man because when you bet on them they'll go away a huge egg and lose by 30 and then when you bet against them they have that random game where it's like how does this team not go like 12 and 4 every single year because they're so capable when they're hitting on all cylinders and you know Julio and Calvin Ridley are doing their thing their offense looks like unstoppable at times but I, I'm I'm praying for you. I can't do it myself. But those are our four picks. Guys, remember, if you want to call in, tell us your lots of the weekend, bad beats, whatever, 702-970-8059. Now let's wrap things up with an interview with our friend, Beatin' the Bookie. All right, now we're going to our interview with our buddy, Beat the, at Beatin' the Bookie, one of the top hand, handicappers in all the sports. You can find him on Twitter, at Beatin' the Bookie. Always good to put some extra money in your pocket. How you been, man?
2: I've been great. You know, uh, Corona has been bad for some people for business, Mm -hmm. but for, for my business, I mean, it it just exploded. So I'm just, uh, grateful that we have all of our sports going right now. Grateful. We have football grateful that we have college basketball coming up in a week. Yeah. Just looking forward to the holidays, you know,
0: man, those, uh, those first few months of quarantine were were terrible with nothing to watch. I was betting on everything from like <laughs> Russian ping pong to marble races. Yeah, uh, what was the, what was probably like the weirdest thing you find yourself like handicapping this year?
2: Well, I started. Uh, you know, when it, when it first happened, there was really nothing to bet on besides soccer, um, and most soccer leagues around the world shut down uh, because like United States shut down, then FIFA like pressured a, a lot of countries to shut down their soccer. But countries like Belarus and stuff basically told FIFA to take a hike, you know, like Russian countries that they weren't really listening. Yeah, Uh, Nicaragua played a bunch of like countries kept playing. So I I had that still to bet on. But then I found like Korean baseball, Taiwan, Thai Thai league baseball, um, just crazy stuff. And I I ended up hitting like 65 percent this year in Korean baseball. Um, yeah, I you're remember killing it with
0: the KBO. When the
2: quarantine first started, I remember it was about um, three in the morning, and I was I bet a Thai baseball game that I had given out in Taiwan, and my wife woke up at like three in the morning, and she's like, "What the hell are you watching on your phone?" I was like, "Oh, it's just Taiwanese baseball," you know, and she's like, "What the hell <laughs> is going on?" You know, and I'd say the worst—I mean, I'd say the craziest thing I bet on was like Madden simulations. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: I did that, that
2: too. was probably the did low point.
1: Well. Like <laughs> that Korean point, baseball. Point. Yeah, Korean baseball absolutely nuked my sleep schedule, and the bullpen was like, so pre- bad. Like, oh god, yeah. I would wake it's up quality. at like five it's, in the morning. It's quality though, you know. Oh yeah. yeah, check a score, and then by the time I woke back up again at seven a.m., there was no evidence that I was ever winning that bet.
0: <laughs> well, I would love it because I'd go to bed, you know, needing ten runs for an over, and it's like the top of the seventh. Wake up, and it like covered by four. Those bullpens were just completely worthless.
2: Yeah, for example, this morning I gave out, it's the Korean Baseball World Series right now, and I gave out the NC Dinos over three and a half runs this morning. And uh, they should have scored like 10 runs the first eight innings. They had one run going to the bottom of the ninth, and then they scored three in the bottom of the ninth to hit the team total for me. But I had given up on it. And that happened a few times this year where I gave up on it, and it, it, then it just won like right after. So uh-huh. uh, their bull, their bullpens are very bad there. And pitching, they have a lot of hitting over there, but pitching is like far, uh, you know, few and far between.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's get into, I guess, just briefly touch on the draft. You know, this will go up tomorrow, so the draft will happen. But do you have any uh, predictions or any action tonight on, you know, the order or, you know, who's going to go number one, anything like that?
2: No, usually when I bet the draft, like I'm betting on the lottery, like what what, what order the teams are going to come in for their for their picks and stuff. But I, I don't really have you know much action on the draft. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that like people have the little like ball kid, LaMelo ball. Uh, some have him going first uh, yeah. two years ago. I couldn't I couldn't ha- I couldn't have imagined that. Um, my favorite player is that Obi Toppin. Yeah, from, blows uh, my mind. Dayton. He was
0: just like a YouTube kid.
2: Yeah, and I mean, this—how uh, is like, he going Toppin's in ball. front of people? Like, how is he going in front of people like Toppin? I, I just I don't get that. I don't I don't know if playing in Lithuania and Australia really uh gets you ready for the NBA. It's a lot of a lot of hype. Um, you gotta I mean think. I mean, at least half of these kids that go in the first round are gonna have like a you know a total like nothing of a career. Really, I mean that's what really happens every single draft. Yeah. Um, I would say this is like the least like, big-name draft that I've seen in probably the past, like, 10 years. Um, Yeah, of
0: course, it's the first time the Hornets have, like, a top-three pick.
2: I'm not a big draft guy because, you know, teams that win, like, I'm a Heat fan. Um, I had season tickets for the Heat for a long time. Teams that win like that, like, they're not really, like, if you look at the teams who are always winning in the NBA, they're not, like, building through the draft. Yeah. Uh, Besides, like, some teams get lucky with, like, Giannis and, you know, LeBron went to Cleveland and stuff, but besides that, you really have a guy that's like a, a Zion Williamson. Those guys come along like once every like eight years, maybe. The draft, I, I don't really care as much about. Um, the Heat usually just trade their draft pick away. But last year they had some success with like Tyler Hero and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the draft, I'm just not really like I don't really get up for it. Even the NFL draft, like when, when I was young, I used to watch every second of all the drafts, and now I just don't really doesn't really interest me that much to be honest. Free yeah, agency is you. free. Free agency is more interesting to me
0: you know yeah free agency is always a blast um so let's kind of move into football how's uh your season been going and you know do you have anything circled either in college football or the nfl for this weekend
2: yeah the season's been going pretty well so far i mean i've had personally had my best betting season so far like financially um so you know that's always you know good when you can do that um i've had quite a run where um the last 7 weeks I hit parlays for like $20,000 each week like just crazy. Um so it's been going been going pretty well. Um college has been good. I mean NFL has been really good. And it's a just it's it's kind of been like a crazy year because you can't really bet games 4 or 5 days in advance because you don't know if guys are going to get pulled with uh you know coronavirus or whatever yeah. like. For example, the hurricanes like an hour before their game against Virginia Tech they announced that they had 13 players out for coronavirus. Um so you really have to wait until like almost the last minute to to, to, to play these plays now. Um, yeah, But, yeah. I've been I've been enjoying the the season, and I got a couple plays that I'll you know I'll give out on the podcast today uh, for nice. everybody. So um, the first play that I like this weekend in college football, it's on Ohio State Indiana. I like the over sixty six there. Uh, two hey, great Shay offenses. Said that earlier. <laughs> yeah, two great offenses. Oh yeah, that's. Um, I think that game might go in the 80s, to be honest, because Ohio State's defense is, they're all right. Um, Indiana's defense is all right, but these offenses outweigh their defenses, especially this season when a lot of teams aren't really going hard with the with the tackling drills in practice. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of non-contact in practice, so defenses have a harder time getting up to game speed. So I do like that, the over in uh, Indiana and Ohio State. And I like the Gators against Vanderbilt, minus 31. I think, you know, Kyle Trask is just going to, I think the Gators could win that game by 50, to be honest, because Vanderbilt is bad. So those those two plays I like for college.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Trask is just on like a—he's just murdering everybody right now, let's be frank about it. So 31 points, they might get that in the first half.
2: He kind of reminds me of Burrow. Yeah, yeah, he kinda, yeah he's putting up he, numbers like Burrow. And his guys are just wide open. I mean, their receivers are just—they seem to be wide open every time. Uh, I really like Trask, and he, you know, he's right up there. It's like he's up there. It's almost like a pick to be the uh, Heisman, Heisman favorite right now. But um, the Gators and the Ohio State over those are those are two of my moves so far. I'm sure I'll we'll have more, you know. Nice. But it's
0: only Wednesday right now, so
2: you asked about like BYU, Cincinnati. Like, do they have a chance?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're just kind of talking about the playoff, and it seems like this year more so than a lot of years past. Not only do we have You know, we have multiple teams that are, you know, Marshall's even hanging around, although I don't think they have a chance. But BYU, Cincinnati, they're on the outside looking in right now. But do you see a scenario where we could get one or both of those teams in the playoffs? I
2: I don't think that we see a scenario where we could get both in. Um, I think it helps their case that – I think it helps their case that Clemson – I think it hurts their case that Clemson lost to Notre Dame. Because I think if Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship, I think – And if Notre Dame is undefeated up to that point, I think both those teams make it um, to the playoffs as a one loss team. And Alabama, you have Alabama on the, you know, on the SEC West. I think if, um, I think Alabama makes it win or lose in the SEC championship game. Um, I don't know. Like, if, if Alabama plays Florida and Florida beats Alabama, then Florida's going to make it also. So it would be like Florida. I mean, it's, I, I, it's just crazy this year. I, I think they should have, this is the year where they should have had like eight spots. It's the perfect year for it, I think. Um, it, it helps BYU and Cincinnati that um, the Big 12 is like out of it. You know, like, you're not, mm-hmm. nobody in the Big 12 is going to make the playoffs. Um, so that helps them. And I don't, I don't see the Pac 12 making it either because they moved so late. And their scheduling is just so bad where if they have positive tracing, games get canceled It's a total disaster. I think that could actually help Cincinnati and BYU because the big 10 is kind of like that also. So for the big 10, I think you have to play six games to make their championship game. So you can only miss two games like Wisconsin's already missed two games. So if they miss one more, they're not eligible for their conference championship game. So that's one team that's out of it. I mean, that could happen to Ohio state, you know, you never know. I just think it's, I think it's a little unfair to like Cincinnati and BYU this year because they're, I mean, especially BYU, you know, they made their own schedule. They've been adding teams to play like every week, looking for teams to play and they're playing whoever they can play. Whereas like Ohio state, I mean, their schedule has been so terrible. Um, And it's just like, Oh, whatever. Like it's just like, they're just going to coast to the playoffs with the easiest schedule in history. And nobody (laughs) says anything about it, but I just feel like they don't really earn it, but. I mean, they're a good team, but I think you should have still have to play people to get there. I think Cincinnati's yeah, schedule has been much harder than Ohio State,
0: for sure. And um, you know, BYU I think had played seven games by the time that Ohio State was like had played their first. Yeah. So I mean, they've been out there, you know, week in, week out, like you said, scheduling people. Um, they finally got over the hump of beat beat uh, Boise at Boise. Like they've yeah. got a Heisman candidate and Zach Wilson, so. I think that also kind of helps, too, when you have like a flashy, exciting oh, yeah. quarterback who gets national attention,
2: and they didn't just they didn't just beat Boise. I mean, they just beat I mean, they beat the shit out of them, you know? yeah, I mean, they they destroyed them. Um, and you know I, i'm I'm part of the thinking that is like personally, I don't think the big Ten should even make the playoffs this year because They came in late. They like, we're not going to, we're not going to play this season. we're not going to play. I don't think they should be rewarded for their commissioner being a total idiot. And I think 10, 10 out of 12 schools voted against playing. Um, So I don't really, yeah, I can't really defend that conference. Same with the PAC 12. Um, But for the record, I think Cincinnati or BYU would spank anybody in the PAC 12 to begin with. Um, But I just, if, if I was the like NCAA or the playoff committee, for me i just wouldn't include the big 10 or the pack 12 this year because i just think that i think that they didn't do what they needed to do at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. to be eligible for it basically i know their fans That's don't definitely. want to hear that but i don't think a team can play five six games how can you play six games and make the playoffs when alabama's playing 10 11 games this year in the SEC? yeah i, di- I just don't see it. it's not it's not it's not fair i don't
0: no know. i agree um before we kind of wrap things up, do you have uh, anything you like in the NFL this year? I know you've been crushing it. Or right, this week, yeah, I should the, say.
2: Yeah, for the NFL, I actually I like uh, the Dolphins this weekend at Denver. They're minus three. Drew Locke's gonna be out. Not that it matters anyway, because he's terrible. Uh, but the Dolphins <laughs> have been one of the Dolphins have been one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Their defense is really, really legit. Denver is a turnover machine on offense. Um, whether it's Locke who plays, or it's like uh, the the ripping kid I just don't oh, yeah. see uh I just don't see Denver scoring many points they're not going to be able to run run on the Dolphins defense and I think the Dolphins you know Brian Flora is one of the best coaches in the league I think Denver is just a dumpster fire right now so I like the Dolphins to win that game by double them so the do- Dolphins minus three for Sunday that's that's one of the plays that I like
0: okay Dolphins minus three but do you want to tell people where uh, where they can find your stuff on social and uh, your website?
2: Yeah, you can go to beatenthebookie.com dot um, with no G after the beaten. And uh, my my Twitter is also beaten the bookie. You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. I joined Parlour Parlor now um, because it seems like my comments get flagged every day by Facebook for something yeah. that I said like three years three years ago. Um, <laughs> I had like some person yesterday must have been going through my must have just been searching my tweets from like the last four years, and every time I said like a curse word basically they reported it to twitter and twitter made me delete like 200 oh, wow. tweets yesterday so i joined parlor it is you know but that's just the whole world in a in a nutshell right now you know yeah. so yeah. Um, but yeah it's just me i mean you know, i had my partner the real mr acl before and you know we don't work together any longer but um still on my website i'm still doing everything that i used to i'm a little more outspoken now like i don't really care if somebody doesn't like me on twitter i don't really care mm-hmm if they don't like what I say, I don't really care. So, um, you know, it's been a fun actually. It's like, it's me being a little, a little more me lately, you know, than having to like play both sides the last yeah. few years, you know? So,
0: well, Hey everybody, make sure you follow it because not only that, you also give out a lot of free picks. So if you're into that sort of thing at beating the bookie yep. on Twitter or beaten the bookie.com. Hey man, appreciate the time again. And uh, it's always good to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, big thanks to beating the bookie. Guys, that's episode four. Remember, we're available on iTunes now, or, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts as well. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. But we are, are on Apple now. So tell your friends, spend some money with us this weekend. Hopefully we hit our first TD prop. That's episode four. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>